The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. Hello, it's Rob Moore here, and I am with... A dear friend, I would say he's become, although he says he doesn't really like people, but I don't believe him because he's too nice for that. <laughs> you did say that in a clubhouse room, Gary, didn't you? You did say that. I did. Yeah. I did. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with Gary Henderson. Uh, and Gary is a very disruptive chap in the creator economy space. I think he's one of the world's leaders. I think he's the fastest guy I know onto new things in the creator space. He's one of the few people in the world to have his own coin, the Gary coin. So I think you're going to love this. And Gary, this is the money show, the money um, podcast. You know, I have two disruptive entrepreneur as well, but I rarely do interviews on the money podcast, but I just think you've got so much knowledge in this space. You're speaking at the Opportunity Summit. We spend a lot of time on Clubhouse. You've taught me a lot of stuff. So I'm really excited that you're one of our few guests. In fact, I think our last guest on the money show was a billionaire. So you're in good, good, good esteemed, um, uh, what would we call it? You're in uh, great hands. And let's just get straight in, Gary. What is the creator economy? I think it's a tough word. You know, it's everyone's got a different definition. Everyone's got a different meaning. To me, it's choice. And it's normalizing being able to spend money with people or spend energy with people that aren't necessarily another business. So being able to look and say, oh, well, this person could give me an insight or this person could you know, help me with this or this person could help me with that and moving money, moving energy back and forth in an, in an open, free-flowing environment, an ability for individuals to grow an audience and monetize themselves as a personal brand. I mean, there's some exciting stuff going on right now, like, like super insane opportunities for creators to to be able to take access to take things that normally only the biggest rock stars in the world would be able to do and monetize it and it's an environment now where you know you i some other people we're we're we have fans we have super fans that will pay for access like they've never ever done before so in, in a long-winded um response i think it's access i think it's choice i think it's opportunity for an individual to express themselves. Well, look, my my intro is long-winded, so that's all good. One all on the long-winded. We will cut to the point, I promise you. So the definition I saw, which I really liked, was the decentralization of control from the mainstream media, whereby individuals, creators, and entrepreneurs are um, now being competed for by social media channels and rewarded up front. Uh, and that the career for a creator is seen as a real career now. So previously, you'd hear Gary Vaynerchuk saying you had to chuck hundreds of pieces of content out a day for 10 years to be an overnight success and hopefully make a bit of money on the back end. But now uh, you can monetize up front by getting tipped, by having a subscription, by having your own coin, by having people donate stars to you, by having people follow your supporter program or go to your Patreon or your membership site. Um, or giving you a badge on Instagram. IGTV have just launched ads. You can run ads on your, your YouTube show, this YouTube premium. I mean, 
on the at the Opportunity Summit, Gary, uh, I'm speaking after you. I'm going to be talking about all the different monetization tools that are there now. And there's more than a dozen. So, so basically, whereas the mainstream media had all the power, now the creators have the power and the social media um, platforms, they're fighting for us because they know if, that if Clubhouse don't get us, then Facebook will. And if Facebook don't get us, then YouTube will. And how do they reward us for staying on the platform by actually enabling us to make a living out of it? So exciting time. So what's exciting you about this creator economy and, you know, all these sort of NFTs and creator coins and, yeah, what's exciting you about it all? Well, it's, it's funny you mention it because we're in the middle of Gary V's NFT launch right now. Have you checked that out at all? Well, you sent me the link. It's bloody complicated, Gary. It's the most complicated thing I've ever seen. Well, it is, but it's not. So I'll, I'll break it down really simple for you. What he did is he has about 10,000 NFTs and each one of them gives you access to for three years to a conference. So you get access to what he's calling VCon. He's saying it's the conference that I've always wanted to attend and no one's ever created it. So I'm going to go create the biggest creator conference in the world. It's going to be called VCon and the only way you get in is if you own one of these NFTs. So that's on the surface. You get three years of tickets to a conference. And then what he did is he gamified it at different levels. So he has one version of the NFT where you get to play basketball with him. One version where you get to go bowling with him. One version where you get to play ping pong with him. One version where you get to do a FaceTime with him. So all these different versions that gamify access to him at different levels, depending on what you pay for the whole process. So what Gary Vee's done is, regardless if you like him, you don't like him, it doesn't matter. He's one of the most successful personal brands in the business space that I've ever seen. Like everyone, like my, my son knows his name. My son and I were talking about him 30 minutes ago. So everyone knows him. So now he's been able to say, hey, I have cool stuff. I'm a cool dude. Do you want to grab some of my stuff? You can pay me this NFT, buy this NFT. I'll give you something and you get to redeem it for access to me, which I think is absolutely brilliant. And do you think this is the future? Because you do it with Gary Coin. So actually, let's talk about Gary Coin. And then do you think this is the future? So because it's probably a little bit more simple to explain it in Gary Coin terms, because you were one of the first 50 people in the world, weren't you, to get your own coin on Rally? I've applied. I think I applied 58 years ago, still waiting. <laughs> um, talk us through that. Yeah, so... I think the future for creators is a decentralized currency on the blockchain so we can move money back and forth. It's really tough to figure out, like, like you talk about plus VAT. I don't really know what VAT is. Like, I get it, but I don't get it. So we don't have that here where I live, and different parts of the world have different things. So cryptocurrencies kind of normalize that. We have Bitcoin, we have Ethereum, and then we have all these side chains. So Rally. Is, a, is an Ethereum sidechain. They were created to basically represent creators. So there's this rally token, and then there's no reason for anyone to buy a rally token. They're, they're basically useless. So like a book publisher would do, they came to me, they came to Bomani, they came to Peter Shankman, they came to a lot of creators so far, and they said, we would like to put your name on a coin, and we will give you an equivalent of rally token in order to do that. So we'll give you an advance, basically. You go promote it, you advertise it, you market it to all your fans. We'll build rewards for you. We'll build incentives for you. 
We will help your fans support you. And we'll all benefit in that process. You'll grow rally for us. We'll share in the rewards. We'll share in the profit. You will have a decentralized currency on the blockchain with your name on it that you can market and you can have perks and discounts and, and rewards and all that. So it's it's made it really fun. You know, there's like like Carol Baskins from Tiger King. She's quite popular here in the United States. She launched a coin yesterday. She had 500 people support her in one day. Like that's an insane support. You've got um, just Mako. I, um, oh man, I forget his real name, but he's the number 10 TikTok person. He launched a coin earlier in the week and crushed it. He's selling collaborations with his coin. And then with me, with Gary Coin, like I have a smaller brand and I'm growing. So I'm giving opportunities for my loyal supporters to come in, make their level of support early, grow and support with me. And then we all grow because when Gary Coin grows or any of these other coins grow, we all grow as one big community, which is what I love. It's, it's really a big community play across the board. Okay. I hear you. Is it awkward though to pay and you know all these different currencies to add friction to the process? No, it's actually frictionless. Um, and where rallies going in the future? I'm in Gary V's Discord server right now, and he's got some pissed off people. So he's got some people pissed off because of the price of his NFT because Ethereum has gone from like seventeen hundred a coin to thirty five hundred a coin in a little over a month and a half. So it's doubled in price. So he planned everything at one ETH. Now one ETH has doubled the price. So you got people that just, it's out of their budget and people get pissed when they can't afford it. Second thing is there's gas fees. You know, there's all this technology with Web 3.0 crypto blockchain that no one understands. Rally made it simple. Once you own the coin, there's no gas fees as long as you're on the network. So you can take a Gary coin, you buy it with your credit card, you put your credit card in, you buy Gary coin, you own it, it's yours. And then you want to sell it. You sell your Gary coin. And then you want to go buy Peter Shankman's coin, go buy it. Or maybe you're a big fan of Portugal, the man, the band, you can go buy their coin, you get some of their rewards, and then you can sell your coin and come back and buy some Gary coin again. People are trading in and out all day long, frictionless. And then in June, July, Rally is launching their own internal NFT project. Because what Gary V's had is he's had to convince everyone to go buy Ethereum and then own Ethereum and then ultimately now come buy an NFT. I'll be able to tell people, go buy Gary Coin, own Gary Coin, and you'll be able to buy an NFT. So by buying Gary Coin early on, I'm going to open up the door to my creator economy in a really big way as Rally grows as a company. So they've made it completely frictionless. Interesting time. So this is Rally.io, isn't it? It is. Although they've got a massive backlog waiting list, haven't they? I know they have at the moment. They do, but so they're pretty public with their roadmap on Twitter. And what I'll tell you is, is they're moving fast. Their goal is 5,000 creators on the platform by the end of this year. And by next year, a fully self-onboarding platform for creators. So as long as you meet certain criteria, then, then you hit their, their thing. What they're doing now, though, is they're being quite strategic. You know, they just got like the number 10 TikTok account in the world of all the TikTok. He's got 44 million followers. So they're going after very key people in key industries in order to do this rollout the right way, which in the, at the end of the day, I'll, I'll tell you, I struggle because I have to tell people, go get a rally account. Well, once you have a rally account, it's really easy. But getting the account's the hard part. Like once you own Ethereum, it's really easy. But getting Ethereum the first time is the hard part. So 
a lot of us early adopters, we're doing with Rally all the heavy lifting. So when you come in, it's just like, oh, I already got an account. I can go grab some of Rob's coin mm. or I can go grab some of somebody else's coin. I already have my account. Well, that's just another example of how these platforms are fighting for the creator. So the smart way to fight for the creator is to partner with the creator. You know, you, you actually talk to people, you get your own account manager. They, they almost, you're not a partner of their business, but they act more like that way instead of just sometimes, look, Facebook has been great in many ways. I'm not a bitch or a moaner of social media channels, but sometimes you just feel like you're a number or just a ticket service. You can't speak to an individual because they're such a big company. So, yeah, this is interesting. So we'll come back to this, Gary. Um, but I know you've helped some big influencers. Like you're behind a lot of big personal brands like Lewis Howes, Johnny Damas. I know that there's is it Gabby as well, Bernstein. I think you were. So um, what are the commonalities in them that you see that make great? In a way, creator is almost a new word for the influencer. Um, what's the traits that make great creators and influencers? That's it's tough because I see it different today than I did when I worked with my clients because I've never, I never saw it from their side. And I actually think I did my clients a disservice by not knowing their side of things. With that said, I don't know anyone that would know their side of things successfully and be willing to do the work for someone else because it's a hell of a lot of work. So what they were all willing to do was be pretty unapologetically them. They, they shined in their own little regard. They, they, did their own, they did their own thing. They paved their own path. They became their own person in a big, big way. They created their own stage. And I was able to help them with that process. I ran a different role for every client I worked with. You know, every client was behind the scenes. Some of them, like Lewis, I mean, there were times I was... I was filming a video and sending it to Lewis House, and Lewis House was then refilming the video in his own words and publicizing it. Like I was backstage giving him the drop to go on stage and make an offer to sell out his next events. And then there were other clients like Dr. Axe, where all we did was run some Facebook ads during a short, you know, four or five month window while he was going through a transition before he did his big funding round. So every client I worked with was slightly different, but they were all the best in their industry. And I think that's the key. I don't work with generalists. I get really bored with people that are, oh, I'm good at everything. Oh, I'm great at this. Oh, I'm great at that. No, go like, go be fucking great at something, like one thing, like really, really good at one thing. And when you do, everybody gets scared. But when you do, that's when you shine. And, and you got to keep putting in the work, putting in the reps. And that's the part that I've always seen as a struggle with my clients is... It's tough. You know, you it's tough to wake up every single day and grind again and grind again because you you get you're like, "Oh, I've got this many followers. I've got this many people. Every time I post on Instagram, this many people fall in love with me. They like that post." But you've got to remember that every day there's people that are unliking you. And if you're not replenishing the well, if you're not constantly growing your audience, then you're not actually growing your brand. So, I've seen a lot of people plateau and that's just something that I'm I'm destined not to do. Like I'm not going to I'm not going to stop. I'll, I'll keep going, which is a, a thing that I get to control now. So it's, it's different being on the, the flip side, you know, helping people and being, you know, there's only so much you can do when you're, you're a coach or a mentor or a doer for someone. But then when you're actually doing it yourself, man, it's, it's tough. I, I respect every single person I've worked with so much more now. And so now you're building your own personal brand. Why are you coming from behind the shadows? Why are you turning from the manager to the star player? Because I needed to. 
every time there was something new, I was the guy in the corner, like, come on, let's go, let's go. Like, if you were my client, I would have been like, okay, Rob, here's your schedule. Okay, Rob, you're going to run this many rooms. All right, you're going to do this. All right, I'm going to come in. I'll get the room primed up for you, Rob. You don't even need to come in the door until there's 400 people, Rob. I've got you. That would have been me. And what would have happened is you would have done your thing. And at some point in time, we would have stopped working together because that's just what happens. And then I would have done it with somebody else. And I got tired of going through that process. I got tired of trading my time for money. I got tired of not, I, I got tired of thinking that I had to dim my light in order to let other people's lights shine. I realized that I don't have to, that two people's lights can shine equally bright. And that's better than one person's light shining brighter than someone else's. So I just started to eliminate people from my life that, that didn't agree with that. I know that, that there's another path. I know that you don't need a college degree. I know that you don't like success is not getting a full-time job and, and staying in debt and saving a little bit of money. That's what I was taught. But I know that's not the path. And mm -hmm. I, I think somebody needs to share that. And I'm just one of the people that can do that. Do you think Clubhouse came at a good time for you where you were in this transitional stage, you're going from behind the scenes to the forefront and you found your flow and you... You know, because you were one of the early guys I learned from definitely in knowing how to run a room and hold a room. And um, yeah. So do you think that that came at a good time for you? I think it did. I think I was going to do something regardless. I would have probably landed on YouTube. I would have probably been way more awkward. I may have had more success, though. And, you know, I was looking today at the top app downloads again. And I mean, Clubhouse is I love Clubhouse. I'm writing a book on Clubhouse, but it's not in the top 10. YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, those are top 10s downloads. And when you think about downloads, you've got to think how many people already have Facebook? How many people already have these apps? So looking at those things, top 10 makes me realize if I would have put in the amount of hours that I'm putting in here on Clubhouse, I might have had just as much, if not more success on another platform like YouTube. But I don't think I would have had as much fun. I don't think I would have met people like you. I don't think I would have I don't think I would have enjoyed it the way that I'm enjoying it. Like I actually wake up ready, like excited to go do it. And I think if I had to wake up and get on video every day, I would wake up dreading it. So <laughs> like that's, I think it happened, but I was going to do something regardless. Yeah, it's funny because we've got Harry in the background here and he'll tell you that geeing me up to try and do a two or three hour shoot for a 30 minute YouTube video is the bane of his life. But riffing with people like you on Clubhouse all day, every day, it's, it's just so much easier. It's more natural. So Clubhouse, do you think it's got a big future? You know, it came out with a bang. The reach was unbelievable. It's sort of settled a bit now. Do you, do, you know, what do you think? Where's it going? Well, if you look at the creators that they funded for their Creator First program, they're creating the next media company, and it's going to be a global media company. They're looking for shows. They're looking for regular talent. There's not, I mean, there's going to be opportunities, don't get me wrong, for drop-in rooms, but it's just going to be that. It's, it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. It's like everything. If you half-ass it, you're going to get a half-ass result. It's part of it. It's part of life. So when you do drop-in rooms, when you don't schedule, when you don't have consistency, when you don't have normal talent, people don't get to build relationships. What Clubhouse is is a relationship platform. So it's... I think we've got to get out of the inconsistency and we've got to get into focused consistency, regular panels, regular discussions, regular topics. I personally just published a seven-day-a-week schedule of a 90-minute room that I'm going to run every single day for seven days. And I think that's the future. Now, what's going to happen there? There's money there. 
there's a lot of money. If you look at Patreon, there's 200,000 creators on Patreon and 7 million patrons. And they've shipped out $2 billion over the last seven years in, in creator funds. So 200,000 creators. I don't know that Clubhouse is that far off on having 200,000 creators. I'm just going to be real. And you know not every creator on Patreon is making a lot of money. So that's 200,000 total. I think Clubhouse might be quite close. They say on any given day, there's 300,000 rooms in a day. I don't know that that's true or false. Let's just say it is. If it is, they've already got 200,000 creators. They're going to be the next massive thing in the world. And this is normal. Growth, plateau, fizzle out, and then come back up. Because what they're doing is they're trying to figure out what people want. And every person that I've heard, normal people, that have gotten into Clubhouse and gotten out, they said, I want regular content. I want to know when I'm on my drive to school or on my drive to work, I can show up to the Rob Moore show. And that's what I'm looking for. I don't want to go to the podcast. I will. But I want to just show up and I want to listen to Rob live or I want to listen to Gary live or I want to listen to this or that. Or I want to show up and I want to catch the news or whatever I want to get. Clubhouse is supposed to be that pocket entertainment platform for you. And that's where they're headed. If we produce content like that, we will be rewarded greatly because our fans will show up for us every day. Rather than lean, like leaning on the algorithm or the hallway, we will lean on our people and they'll just show up. And what about monetization, the future for Clubhouse? They did the tips thing. Not sure that was, I don't know how well that went. Um, what do you think the monetization tools will be in the future? How can creators earn a living from Clubhouse? Well, I think they're going into crypto. So I watch their hires quite a bit. I think they're up to almost 50 team members now. One of their most recent team members was working on a crypto project for Facebook, and he was a lead on that project. So you don't grab a crypto lead from Facebook and bring them into Clubhouse if you don't plan on going into crypto. If you look at their investment chain, you look at A16Z, which is their primary investor that just went in again on a $4 billion valuation, and A16Z is a primary investor in a lot of crypto projects, including Rally. So I think they're going to make a crypto play. I really, 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 really hope that it's an integration with Rally. Um, no one has said that it is or it isn't, but it would make sense with Rally's plans to onboard a substantial amount of creators and Clubhouse's access to a substantial amount of creators and the joint primary investor with both companies. So I have no insider information whatsoever, but it makes logical sense to me. And I think that would be a heck of an integration for a payment gateway inside a clubhouse. All right. What um, would you say is the difference between a creator and an influencer? Is there one? There is. Creators create things. So they are producing items. Could be audio, could be video, could be a tweet. And, and I know that's subjective. But if, you, if it's a thought-provoking tweet, that's, that's, that's a tweet. That's, that's your thoughts, and that's worth something to someone. So creators are producing things. Influencers are influencing things. I think you can be both, or I think you can be one or the other. I look at, you know, if you're a, if you become a celebrity for something and you never do anything in the world, if you just, you're just known like a celebrity for being a celebrity, then you're just a celebrity. You just have influence. And, and I think influencers have influence. I think when you get into... Like Jake Paul, for example, he's a creator. Look at what he's doing. He's, he's making a lot of money right now boxing, just being a creator. That's creations. He's not mainstream. He's not legit boxing. He's making money boxing, more money than most. 
And if he would go legit, he wouldn't make half the money he's making now because he, he would have to go up the ranks and he'd have to start on those real cheap frights. He's worth more, so he created his own economy. Influencers, they, they don't have that opportunity. They're just sitting back hoping someone pays them for their influence. Yeah, well, I asked Floyd Mayweather, you know, is it ruining his brand as a fighter doing this fight with Paul? And he went, go online now and find how many followers Tyson Fury has. And now find how many Fury followers the Pauls have. It was a lot more, a lot more. 40 odd million or whatever so yeah i get it i i am um, look you know when you have a lot of followers you have distribution when you have distribution you have power you have revenue you have collaboration opportunities so you know you know when sometimes in some of our rooms gary's people say oh well it's not really about how many followers you got it's not about big following it's just having you know super fans well i get that but actually a big following opens doors collaborations partnerships floyd mayweather's not going to fight someone who's got 1,000 true fans is he's going to fight someone who's got 40 million YouTube followers. So well, he's going to, he's going to do both. He's not going to fight the 40 million YouTube followers if they don't show up and perform, but the Paul's people, they show up and perform. So I think you need the hybrid. You need like, like Mr. Beast people, they show up and they buy hamburgers in a big, big way. So brands want to partner with someone. When you have both, you have the mass number of people that are also super fans. Gotcha. So BitCloud, Gary, it's another one of these creator-type yeah. um, platforms. Can you just sort of explain that and where you think that fits in and then where you, where you think NFTs fit into this creator economy? BitCloud is, is different to me. I don't have a lot of insider information. Um, I don't play there. I think it would confuse my market to have multiple coins on multiple platforms. And the, the usage of the word coin is a bit loose over there. So I, I don't play a ton there. I don't think it's going to go most places. So I think BitCloud will actually fizzle out. I think the future of blockchain social is, is a big opportunity. But I don't think it's going to be BitCloud. I think it's going to be some technology that's built on the rally, the rally platform, in all honesty. I think with where they're headed and their, their investors in the back and the way they have their compliance and their, their certificates, I, I think there's going to be some tech built there that will will take over where social crypto goes in the future. Um, NFTs, though, it's not just art. And, and that's what everyone has to understand. An NFT is not about an animated something with some music. It's about what that represents. And that could represent a speech. It could represent an, an event ticket like Gary Vee's doing. But where I see it going with art and in a big way, you know, Rob, I'm sure you have a nice huge house. I have a, a pretty nice apartment. You can't really see good, but that's the ocean right behind me. Imagine if I had a really cool display on my wall and imagine if you owned a couple million dollar piece of art and I said, hey, Rob, I'm going to have a party. And you're like, oh, Gary, I'll just buzz the NFT over to you and you shoot me a piece of art and it's on my wall now because I have a party and I have my friends coming over and you just let me have your art. You put it on loan to me. Now, you could charge me for that. It's still yours. You still own it. You can hit one button and pull it right back because it's on a display. It can represent something. It can give you access like concerts, event tickets, um, special privileges, lifetime memberships, and they have something that, that's theirs. And it's something that can be sold. So I know, like I, I know you, you sell some stuff sometimes that has lifetime access. 
And, and some people get a little nervous and what does lifetime access mean? But imagine if you sold them an NFT that had lifetime access. And then imagine if they got pissed off at you and they didn't want your lifetime access anymore. Or let's imagine that your lifetime access goes way up in value and you, you already sold it. So they could turn around and they could sell it to somebody else and you could profit in the split there. So if they go sell it, you could make as the creator, you could make a split in the share. So I could look at all my clients and say, lifetime access for $10,000. I got 100 units available, raise a chunk of change right now, and then make a ton of money on the aftermarket as everybody sells them, if they keep selling them. Yeah, because with NFTs, you get ongoing royalties for the sales that you don't in standard art. Exactly right, because you're the creator. So it's always, you can set up your smart contract to source back to the creator. You can also set it up, like let's say you and I do a project together. Well, we could set it up to split the revenue, you and I. And it just auto splits. I get my share, you get your share. There's no bitching, there's no moaning, there's no bickering, there's no chargebacks. Once we're paid, we're paid. You can't get pissed, it's done. And then I give you your file. You got what you wanted because it's a fair exchange because in order to take your money, I had to mint your file on the blockchain in the first place. So it's already sitting there waiting. You're just buying it. I own it and you're buying it for me or or ever who's buying it. And then you and I are splitting it. I think courses are going to go this way. Like imagine buying a course, an NFT of a course that represents the course and being able to buy it. And then you're like, well, piss. I don't want it anymore. I, I don't need that course anymore. I already watched it. I'm going to sell it to somebody and go sell it to somebody, but legitimately sell it. Like, why should I buy your education course and not be able to sell it to someone else? It's it's mine. I paid for it. If I own the NFT, then it gets sold. You know who owns it now because you know who has the process of that. Like, I think it's the future of where information is going because it logs the historical owners. Hmm. And BitCloud, what's the difference between BitCloud and Rally? Conceptually. Conceptually, BitCloud is a social network and Rally is a blockchain cryptocurrency. And what's so, the yeah, what's the, the monetization element on BitCloud then? Well, BitCloud. So if I go buy Rob Morse coin on BitCloud, I own some of Rob Morse coin, but I can't do much with that coin. It's just there. Where if Rob, if you go buy Gary Coin, you can now send that Gary Coin to John Lee. John Lee can now take that Gary coin and send it to Ed or Samantha. And you can say, for five Gary coin, I will let you on my stage on a clubhouse room. And every person who pays you five Gary coin gets on stage. It's a full currency. I'm not in the middle of that. I don't make money in the middle of that. It's just, it's a currency. You're in the middle of that. I'm not touching it. There's, there's energy flowing through the economy. It's great if a lot of people have Gary coin in their wallet. That makes me feel good. But I don't benefit from that. That's the difference where on, on BitClout, it's like, oh, I want to, like, I don't see a reason for most people to own their coin. Like, if it goes up in value, cool, but I don't, like, you can't get your money out of BitClout. There's a dude that owns it in New Jersey that's trying to hide himself. He's saying, oh, well, you know, blockchain, you're supposed to be hidden. No, you have accounts that were created like Elon Musk and some other people, and there's money sitting there, and Elon Musk didn't create the account. And they've profited now. BitCloud, the company of BitCloud, has profited based on someone else's brand and name without their approval. So I think that's the, I'm new to this crypto space, but crypto is about transparency. The blockchain is about transparency. And I don't think BitCloud's being transparent at all. Hmm. 
Interesting. It's sort of like the new um, gold rush land grab, isn't it? Uh, and so I imagine there's like ICOs, you know, lots of new disruptive technologies. I think the future of money is really exciting. I talked about it in my book, Money. You know, the decentralization of currency is really exciting. And people have been saying to me that you can NFT anything. Rob, you should NFT a book. Rob, you should NFT this and that. Um, we'll look at that in the future. We'll see. Hold, watch this space. But do you ever get overwhelmed, Gary? Because, you know, what? so many people who follow me and in the clubhouse rooms and listen to my podcast, they're like, oh, all these social media channels, all these cryptos, it's overwhelming. Do you ever get overwhelmed and how do you manage that? I do. Um, I try my best to stay in my lane. I try my best to focus. I, I look at it. I, I say, does it grow my audience? Does it help me sell 50,000 books? Those are the only two questions in the lenses that I run things through right now. I say no to everything else. Does it grow my audience? Does it help me sell 50,000 books? And if it does, I say yes to it and I find a way to make it happen. And if it doesn't, I say no. And and it's I, I piss people off. Like I had a lady... She comes into our rooms on Clubhouse and she messaged me and she wanted to see me. I told her no and she took it offensive. She thought that she was, she said, I'm really big in the real world. I'm just not big on Clubhouse. I said, I'm not saying you're not big. I don't want to see you. I'm not seeing anyone this year. I don't have time. So then she wanted to ask me another question and she sent me another message a while later. And she said, I'd like to ask you a question. And I said, I don't answer questions in my direct messages. If you'd like to pay me, this is what it costs. And she didn't want to pay me. And she said, I'm a big deal in the real world. I said, I'm not saying you're not. I'm just telling you, I don't answer questions in a direct message. You can come on a clubhouse stage and I'll answer it in front of the world for free, or you can pay me. It's your choice. And she took offense to it. And I said, but you might want to stop taking offense to everything because I'm not telling you you're small. I'm just telling you these are my boundaries. And that's where that's where I don't go to overwhelm because I, I truly do my best to respect my boundaries. I do my best not to please people. I do my best to please Gary. And I went through a divorce a couple of years ago and I, I went through a full, I don't know if you've ever done one, it's fascinating. I went through a full forensic psychological evaluation of me. And I'm not a narcissist, I have proof. So I just worry about me. I worry about taking care of me. I worry about taking care of my boundaries and I piss people off, but I don't get in that much overwhelm now. <laughs> one of my mentors john demartini says he calls it the law of lesser pisses if you have a choice between pissing yourself off or someone else off choose them every time and most people uh, do the opposite and yeah, that's wrong do. and then in the end they piss themselves off or they become burned out or yeah I, I get you completely gary um cool gary where can we follow you this has been a fun chat but we can't give it all away because you're speaking at the opportunity summit <laughs> so we've got to save some for the paying members I want to say thank you, Gary. It's been brilliant to get to know you. I'm really enjoying our friendship and our collaborations. Thank you for all that you do with us in our clubhouse rooms. Looking forward to seeing you on stage, well, virtual stage at the summit um, and all the work we could do together in the future. Where can we follow you? Where do you want us to go? Do you want us to go to your, to your Gary and get some Gary coin or do you want us to go on any of your socials and follow you? Just Gary.club is the best place to go. So Safari, your mobile browser, Gary.club. That's You'll find everything you can about me right there. Job done. Gary, it's been a pleasure. I'll see you in Clubhouse, my friend. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Cheers. See you soon.